Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, a show you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little comics as we are finally doing our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 review. So, spoiler alerts going forward from this uh, point on on Guardians of the Galaxy, although I'm pretty sure we're the last podcast on planet Earth to finally do a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh review but uh, you know we've been having problems with the website we're trying to get that fixed and scheduling problems have forced us into this and also it's the playoffs so i'm not going to apologize for it but here we are finally doing our uh guardians of the galaxy volume three i'm your host as always matt pierce and joining me today is kevin miller how that are you kev not too bad finally saw it <laughs> yeah finally saw it it's all right it happens um and you know yeah. I mean, the MCU hasn't exactly been giving us, if we're being honest with ourselves, it's not trash, but it it, it hasn't been, the, the recent entrants haven't been making us, uh, uh, I think, collectively be like, gotta go open a day, even though I'm pretty sure I was at this one opening day. Uh, and I'm glad I was because... Um, All right, it's my fault, I get it. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, not pointing any fingers or anything here. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Uh, we went to go see, uh, so we finally seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, um, and I'm glad we did because this one was was very very good. Uh, I think it's the best entrant in my opinion since uh, uh, of the MCU since probably No Way Home or uh, whichever the uh, No Way Home was the third one, right? The uh, yes. yes. So yeah, I, I I would say No Way Home. They really haven't been. Uh, well, it hasn't been great since then. Um, yeah, just I I, re- I really really enjoyed this one. This one was was I'm I'm gonna give it right off the hop. Nine out of ten for me. It was a excellent entrant. Uh, I thought it, 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 uh, we got a nice little bow wrapped up on the Guardians of the Galaxy. The way they did it. They put them in the suits, even though like the even though the like the Guardians of the Galaxy was was not my favorite comic book of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think pretty sure I've joked on this pod that um, the best thing they ever did with uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy was like it was basically changed pretty much everything about them going into going into the movies. But uh, in this one, you got to see them dressed up in their in their like space police uniforms and whatnot, which was kind of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been floundering a little bit here in the MCU since uh, since the fourth came out. I mean, it's been, it's been hit or miss. It's been uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit unfocused. We and and obviously, Quantum Mania. The reason Quantum Mania was a bit of a God, because Quantum Mania. I tried watching that again on. Uh, I really struggled to get through that because that's on Disney Plus now. I'm I'm kind of struggling to get through that just to get. I know it's not bad. It's just there's no reason to get juiced for it you know especially with what we now know about uh jonathan majors which why john why why you were the chosen one why god uh i'm still pissed off about that i just bring balance to the mcu yeah i know who's yeah anyway we're not talking about that uh guardians of the galaxy volume three uh, how, what were your feelings of it uh, off the hop there, Kim? Uh, I very much enjoyed it as well. And um, I think that I can kind of attribute it to this sort of um, emotional core in the heart of what is ultimately sort of a uh, comedic franchise, right? Like, 
Guardians of the Galaxy one is effectively like the the first comedy movie, I would say, like straight up comedy movie in the MCU, right? To the point where like the final fight was ultimately just like a dance off. Um, and uh, that's what we've come to know these characters to bring, even when they are a small piece of a bigger whole in something like an Avengers Infinity War or something like that. Um, and and it, it reminds me of like some of these um, best sort of examples of like um, dramedy television shows where when it, it hits you extra hard when something when there's a dramatic episode of something that is normally um, very comedic. And the example that I like to think of is like Scrubs, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a comedy show. It's like a it's a sitcom. It's a you know like a, a four camera sitcom or whatever the hell. Um, but every once in a while they go in for that like gut punch, and you feel it extra hard because you're not expecting it, right? <laughs> and, and so you know, uh, being in the position that you and I are in, um, where we have sworn off, we have forsworn watching trailers for movie for MCU movies going forward. Um, you know, I, I knew that there was going to be a, a rocket focus because that's what all the posters were about. Um, and I, without really knowing a whole lot about his backstory, I kind of assumed, you know, animal experimentation and it hits hard in this movie, um, in a very affecting way. Um, I was going to ask if you saw it with, uh, Carly. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, uh, and there's no way I would show this one. There's no way. Cause like, I, I'm. Yeah, being the lover of animals that she is, there's absolutely no way that she could get through uh, this. Well, I was going to ask you, when you went to go see it, uh, mm-hmm. how full was the theater? Because you saw it a little bit later, uh, and did people cry in said theater when you saw it? Uh, well, I mean, some people did, I can tell you that for sure, because, you know, this guy right here. Um, there you go. Yeah, uh, nothing so, wrong so with that. You know, me and me and Jenny had had a couple tears for sure because you know we weren't expecting to be so affected by Bradley Cooper's Raccoon Boy, um, yeah. But um, it, it was a pretty empty theater. I, I wasn't close enough to anyone else to get a vibe on their mm-hmm. emotions. But uh, fair enough. It was it was definitely like you know you could hear a pin drop at certain moments <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it, people absolutely cried in the theater that I was in, like full weeping tears, and I was just like Jesus. H, you know, I was like, just like, my God, uh, Gunn did it right. Like he got people to care about it's these. the swan song, right? Like true, yeah, but he, he, yeah, but he also, he got people to care about these yeah. CGI. Like these are, these are digitally created characters, right? Like they're not yeah, real. <laughs> they, they don't a, exist a, in a, real a life. With spider legs and Joker teeth. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> like it was, it was so strange. And people are were, were just bawling in the movie theater I saw during that one scene, which, you know, and, and obviously, uh, uh, oh, God, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm just going to, uh, uh, Chuck Woody, no idea how to pronounce his last name. But, I mean, he was excellent in this movie, although it is low-hanging fruit to be like, uh, I, I literally kick puppies, right? <laughs> like, like, that's, that's, like, like, that's. You're automatically going to get everybody not on your side, but you know he 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 was great. He was hamming it up. Uh, the high evolutionary was. Yeah, they're really going for these. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Intense black man recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it's been that, and and I mean he was so good in this that people were calling because again going back to the Jonathan Majors thing that people were calling for. Well, just let him be, you know, Kang, because you could just re, you could just 
re- uh, redo all that nonsense. Just say like the High Evolutionary was a Kang variant, and they beat him, and now they all look like yeah, uh, my... lines of dialogue. Yeah, exactly. And now they all look like our boy Chucky. Uh, how I'm going to refer him from now on. Uh, or, or, yeah, just Chuck Woody there. Yeah, he's, he was so good. Uh, was this your first experience with the High Evolutionary, Kevin? Yeah, absolutely. It was? Uh, yeah, so so I've been playing that uh, Marvel Snap, uh, like, um, mobile mm-hmm. game. And so, like, let's, I... Let's, let's, let's... Can we go <laughs> off on a little tangent here? Let's, let's, let's... I want to ask you about this Marvel Snap, because I, I am a... Pre- purveyor of of card games as well you and i are both uh yeah you you and i are both friends because of a a tcg because of yeah yeah um the is that one fun at all like because it seems it it seems too random to me that like the way people have explained the game to me i'm like god that sounds way too random for me to actually enjoy playing it uh, it is very random. Um, mm-hmm. What I will say is that the stakes are low, and a game takes like three minutes. So, okay. if, like sometimes you get dealt a bad hand, and you get a bad field, and it sucks, and it's over, and then you do it again. That's all. Like all it, right. it's, it's it's interesting in sort of a you know they're they're constantly trying to tie it into whatever's coming out. So you know a few months back they had. They have that, like, their season passes where you can, like, you know, build experience and unlock, like, variant cards and, you know, foils and shit like that. Like, it's all digital, but, um, you know, um, based on whatever is, like, the hot thing that month. So Mm -hmm. a couple months ago, they had, like, their um, sort of Ant-Man season, and, you know, I built myself a pretty decent MODOK deck. And then, you know, (laughs) now this month, it's all Guardians, and I'm still sticking with... uh, you know, some other deck ideas, and all of this is to say, like the, the reason that I heard of the High Evolutionary at all is because they released like his special, you know, this month. You know, we're releasing yeah. the High Evolutionary card, and his ability is to um, augment other cards that typically don't have abilities. So, like uh, Misty Knight is just like a card that has like you know one cost, two power, no special effects. But mm-hmm. if you have High Evolutionary in your deck, suddenly she has effects, and you know other cards similar to that. So it, it's an interesting new meta that they're putting out as a result of this. So like, <laughs> so if you ask me if I know who this character is, I'm like, I learned what he looks like in the comics traditionally, and what his power in general sort of is, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> I think my first introduction of the High Evolutionary was actually not in the comics. Uh, it was in the ill-fated... Um, I think it's on Disney Plus, too. Uh, they did a Spider-Man Unlimited animated series that uh, was on Fox, and it only ran for about one season, 13-ish episodes, and then they cancel it. And they didn't cancel it because uh, in the, in the to- at the time, Kevin, they didn't cancel that show um, because it wasn't doing numbers. It just wasn't going to do as good of numbers as Fox was beginning to pivot to. Because this was late 90s, early 2000s, and Fox uh, was starting right, to pivot yeah. their Saturday morning stuff to Pokemon, Digimon, etc., yep. etc. Et <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, Fox executives were absolutely correct to do that because those were the though that's where the the money was. So yeah, you can't uh, for getting behind Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and. and Spider-Man Unlimited was was a was a because uh, I obviously grew up like my my first exposure to Spider-Man was the uh, uh, was the '90s animated series that is 
you know, just near and dear to my heart. Um, this was sort of the pseudo sequel to that. It, it was, it was like the unofficial sequel. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, they didn't come out and say, Hey, this is the sequel to it, but it's obvious that it, it was kind of supposed to be it. And what happens in Spider-Man unlimited is Spider-Man actually goes into space, uh, and ends up on, uh, uh, counter earth, which we see oh, okay. in guardians of the galaxy volume three. And that's where he kind of meets uh, a society where uh, it's your classic, like, uh, the Knights of Wondegar are these, uh, you know, like, uh, they're these uh, hybrid uh, animal people that are, but but they're fully grown, you know, so there's like a, you know, a, a ram guy and a, and a lion guy and whatnot. Uh, and they all live, you know, up in, in the, uh, the upper atmosphere where all the rich powerful people live and then everybody else down actually on you know boots on the ground and counter earth are all the uh the lower you know the the quote-unquote lesser classes <laughs> uh and uh yeah. and are uh you know they're they're trying to fight to overthrow you know they're the rebels who are trying to fight to overthrow the high evolutionary and whatnot and and uh that uh, because that was canceled so quickly, I started reading, you know, the Spider-Man Unlimited comic book run and whatnot, and and uh, so that's so I, I'm somewhat familiar with uh, with the High Evolutionary, and I think the High Evolutionary got an episode of the X-Men animated series too, um, because uh, he the High Evolutionary in the comic books is uh, tied very closely to uh, Mister Sinister because they're basically the same sort of they basically have the same kind of uh, modus operandi where it's like I'm trying to create like the perfect being or the perfect whatever um, okay yeah uh. and whatnot uh, so there's a lot of crossover between those two so yeah it's just it's just funny to me seeing the high evolutionary in a, in a movie when it's just like wow this is a guy I first met you know <laughs> watching yeah, the crazy uh, Spider-Man Unlimited show yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um <clears throat> So it, yeah, and just you know, hearing the phrase "counter Earth," right? <laughs> in a, yeah, uh... I mean, my my take was immediately like, "Oh, okay, so that's an idea that they came up with in like the '70s and yeah, '60s." <laughs> and, I think, no, right? yeah, he's a '60s like, guy. I'm pretty sure. Like, high evolution, uh, yeah, high evolutionary. I'm pretty sure he's a uh, late '60s guy. I want to say like '67 or '68. He was he was created. And I think he first appears in Thor. Don't quote me on that though. I, I, I want to say he first appears in Thor. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the scenes with Rocket and the other uh, uh, one, uh, Lila is, is an actual character in the comic books, and, and that is a, a uh, yeah. an on-again, off-again uh, romance that uh, Rocket actually has in the comic books. And uh, I believe it was Linda Cardellini who was doing her... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, her quick return. She was doing the voice. Uh, the other two, Teeth. with everybody. Yeah, uh, Teeth's the walrus. That was just made up on the spot. And there was a rabbit guy who is like rockets. Like, uh, I don't want to say they're they're like right. It's like you know to use another uh, you know second time we'll reference Yu Gi Oh. He's like. Uh, you know, he's like Kaiba to his Yugi, right? Where it's like they they sort of yeah. don't like each other, but they're not like enemies. You know, they're just kind of like you know rivals at this thing they do. Yeah, uh, cheated to his Goku. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, 
but without the insane murder that was somehow, <laughs> without the insane genocide that was somehow forgiven by all the fans with Vegeta, we never for that. <laughs> yeah, never, never fully understood that. It was, it was like Jamie Lannister esque with me, where it's like, why does everybody think Vegeta's so cool? He slaughtered like millions and millions of people because you know I don't dumb uh anyway (laughs) how quickly people are to forgive uh yeah but there yeah there was a rabbit guy but it wasn't called floor i believe if his name i believe his name in the comic book was black jack o'hare uh kevin and and he very much fits that like 90s uh yeah uh that 90s extreme mold because i'm pretty sure he was a uh uh rabbit with like a he was a space rabbit with an eye patch yeah 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 like (laughs) like it was very much yeah it was it was very much uh uh you know, he's like a space pirate with a gun and whatnot. So cool. Yes, yeah, so cool. Super, super '90s style blackjack O'Hare. Um, yeah, I didn't get him in this one, but hey, there's still room to, still room for him to make an appearance, I suppose, in the future. Since uh, Rocket, I guess, runs the. Uh... Uh, gun brought it in this one, but I mean, you know, uh, movie was a bit long, uh, nearly an hour thirty again. Um, he brought the good gun and he brought the bad gun in this one, I would say. Like, the good gun is, like, somehow getting uh, people to care about uh, you know, and cry over uh, CGI. Yeah, CGI <laughs> characters. And, you know, you know, a CGI rabbit, a CGI walrus, and a CGI otter. Yeah. And, you know, and... and uh, you would just, think just... of, like, uh, the first episode of Community where it's like, this is a pencil, I can tell you. <laughs> name is kevin and break it and you die a little inside yeah exactly and then they do but like he also brought the gun in in the sense that it's like the the actual heist part where they where they go to like orgo corp and try to steal the thing and nathan fillion standing there in just this weird suit and it's just like what is happening here every time every time that they showed something new on that planet though i'm like oh god (laughs) like really (laughs) like it was a it was a prolonged sort of uh set piece and like i i enjoyed it but it was like oh man everything's just meat of meat huh you're just gonna like stick your hand in this pus and like every like even like their data center was like these bones that get like handed down to each other like this like it was like a dodecahedron that made of meat in like a bone cage and i'm like oh fantastic they got the data they were looking for and it is a meatball yeah it was it was interesting and fun but like the the way that i think about it like you know the 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 gunness of it all which is that a lot of the times the humor um, rather than being jokes, is a bunch of characters just like yelling back and forth at each. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was oh, it was so weird. Um, uh, so it, to talking in terms of the length, though, um, I'll tell you what didn't work for me in this movie and could be lifted straight out, basically, mm-hmm. um, is uh, Adam Warlock. <laughs> oh, we're going to that right now, are we? Okay, we lifted that right out. Yeah, that seemed to be, now, a lot of the Adam Warlock stuff, I think, was coming from hardcore comic book fans who, um, Adam Warlock is straight up, he's cool as fuck in the comic (laughs) books. He's like if James Bond and Jesus had a space baby, basically, right? He is just so cool and so slick. Um, and yeah, there were, like, limited runs, um, where, where he kind of behaved like he did in this book where, or, or sorry, like he did in this movie where he's like a newborn baby. 
Uh, but like, if that newborn baby could like, you know, destroy a planet. Uh, yeah, I got it, really like Thor one vibes from it. Yeah, real fish <laughs> out like, of water I'm gonna, sort I'm of a thing. Talk in this like posh accent and and you know be like this ultimate strength guy, but I don't really know. Like, I'm, he's a real fish out of water type. Yeah, and, and, and it just... So so the hardcore people kind of got PO'd about that. You know, I mean, obviously, there were the people who were like... You know, the, there were people like me who were kind of like, ah, I wasn't a fan of the, the way they portrayed Adam and Warlock, but I'm not going to beat my head over the wall about it because I, I assume that they're... Uh, you know, they'll get them where they need to get them going forward. Um, well, that's kind of what I see happening, but and don't get me wrong, like I thought it was a fine mm-hmm. performance. Um, oh yeah, he was fine. It's just it's the, just the that, shit they were other, having. Other than the was motivation, like other than being the the guy who in the very first scene is the reason that mm-hmm. Rocket gets critically injured and effectively you know sets off the whole adventure. Um, like after that, it's like anytime he's doing anything, like it, it it's not helping or hurting. It's just kind of there. Yeah. It just didn't feel like the... And I mean, I I got the impression that this was like, oh, we set it up in the last movie, and then through rewrites or studio intervention, like, they just didn't do what they expected to originally do with that character in this movie. I don't know for sure, but that's the vibe that I get. Yeah, Screen Rant made basically the exact joke that you ever... that that you made... based off the point that you just made right now. I don't know if yeah. you've seen that. Do you ever watch when they do uh, the no, pitch no. meeting, the pitch beating uh, YouTube videos? Uh, with, those, I don't keep up. Those are quite fun. In the pitch meeting for this one, the joke that they did, and again, all credit to Screen Rant and the pitch meeting writers for this one, but they have the, the thing where the guy goes like, oh, and are you getting, uh, you know, he's like, hey, and he starts pitching in the beginning of Guardians 3, and he goes, and then Adam Warlock shows up, right? He goes, who? And he's like, Adam Warlock. We teased him at the end of the movie. We got to put him in there. And he goes, Oh, um, okay. What if Adam Warlock's the guy who hurts, uh, like, Rocket? They're like, yeah, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, and what if, yeah, and then they're like, and then what if he saves, uh, what if he saves, uh, uh, Peter Quill at the end? And they're like, well, that would mean Peter Quill would have to go into space without his helmet that he's been wearing for, you know, seven movies. And they're like, who cares? He's got to be saved by Adam Warlock. And then the guy's like, all right, so this space man goes into space without his space gear and then has to get, you know, saved by Adam Warlock. And that 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 was kind of a minor quibble, but I was fine with it. And it was, and, and I was, I was fine with it because it still set up the, the completely ridiculous over the top, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, the painting of the, uh, God's the creation of Adam, creation. you know, the, yep. the creation of Adam painting that they did. And I'm like, all right, if you're going to yeah, do something that, sure. yeah, if you're going to do something that cheesy and corny and somehow earn it, you will elicit a laugh, uh, from that. Mirror. So yeah. that was, I mean, it was. Yeah, that was worth it. But yeah, I, 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 I would say I, that I agree with you. The weakest part of this film was the slightly shoehorned in version of, uh, Adam Warlock. That's not the Adam Warlock that we kind of want to see, anyway. Uh, but you know, going forward, I'm sure we'll get smooth, awesome. Like I said, <laughs> James Bond slash Jesus in space. Uh, Adam Warlock that will uh, that will likely get. Um, sure. I thought. How many? Let me ask you a question. When you went into this movie, did how many? Of the Guardians of the Galaxy, were you expecting to not make it through? Because I 
gotta tell you, I was thinking like at least two of them were gonna die. Um, I thought Drax was gonna die <laughs> for sure. I think the entire internet thought that Drax was gonna die, right? Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, think... and and it's just because yeah. I mean, I, I know that this is like the last quote unquote Guardians of the Galaxy movie we'll see asterisk, you know? Yeah. But like, there was a lot of um to do about. Dave Bautista specifically, like this is yeah. like his last outing as Drax, mm-hmm. and, and so um, I, I figured, you know, maybe they give him a a good sort of you know sacrificial moment send off, um, you know, especially after like I, I like maybe two thirds of the way through the movie, there's that whole argument between like him and Nebula, and she's like, "What do you even do here, basically?" <laughs> yeah. What would you say you do here? Yeah, classic and, and stuff. And so I kind of expected him to, like, maybe save her life at some point. Like, Nebula is too, um, uh, redemptive of a character to kill off, in my opinion. Like, she's mm-hmm. still going through it, and I feel like this was a great outing for that, because she's really had sort of these, you know, she's still gruff and, you know, literally grunting at Gamora as a way of communicating, but, like, you know, she was... Like, she fucking 100 yards sprinted when she's like, oh, Rocket's dying. And she just, like, she could have ran through a brick wall to get to him at that point. Like, I, mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, and uh, I've enjoyed her cool gun arm. Yeah. And, like, coming off hot, uh, like, when this movie was, you know, like, hot out to shoot a few weeks ago, everybody, you know, is putting their think pieces together. One of the... Uh... <clears throat> Uh, one of the takes that everybody thought was a hot take, but was really kind of a uh, like a, a, a lukewarm take at best, because a lot of people shared this opinion, was, you know, Nebula's got the best arc in all of the Guardians things. And it's like, yeah, of course she does. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, you know, you're not pointing out anything, uh, you know, fancy by saying that. Sure. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, let's just go through some of the character arcs in this one. So we have... Uh, Chris Pratt's back as uh, Peter Quill Star Lord. They uh, let us know at the in in giant block letters at the end of the movie that Peter Quill yeah. will return in that uh, kind of funny stinger where he's just eating breakfast with his uh, grandfather who he hadn't seen in thirty years or whatever. Yeah. Um, the conversation being that there's no dignified way to eat cereal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so so. Quill's, you know, his motivation in this, obviously, is to save one of his best friends from dying. Makes sense. Uh, the rest is just him kind of going like, oh, is, you know, you know, there's a variant of my dead lover here, and I'm trying to convince her that she's, uh, uh, that, that we were once an item and get her back, and it just led to some weirdly awkward scenes. Sure, uh, that, was, that was another minor quibble of mine, and I'm glad that they kind of abandoned it about the halfway point, is I mm-hmm. do not need a movie for two and a half hours and again i'm glad it didn't go for the full two and a half hours Uh where a man is trying to convince a woman over and over again that she should love him (laughs) yeah like yikes (laughs) yeah and i'm glad yeah i'm glad they didn't they didn't keep that going and honestly i was glad that they didn't end up together at the end because i thought that that was a uh, yeah. nice little twist on how that trope would normally I, I go. I thought it was a nice moment. We, we can talk about Gamora, but I, I did think yeah. that the, um, because it didn't end with a, you know, oops, we're in love again sort of moment, but, you know, there was enough going on where she was effectively, like, whether she wanted to be, she was along for the ride, right? Um, and, uh, 
you know, gradually over the course of the remainder of the movie at that point, it is um, her sort of understanding uh, or gaining an understanding of, you know, why a version of her could have, you know, fallen for these goofballs, even though she's, you know, I'm a, I'm a badass space pirate, effectively, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So it's a, it, it's interesting to see, like, you know, yeah, I totally get it, and, you know, to the end where she is actually, like, they, they hang a lampshade on it by now she can kind of understand what Groot is saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the... Uh, yeah, we can we can get into Gamora because obviously this is a variant version of Gamora. So she shows up in this movie as a uh, variant version of herself. Uh, we meet her. <laughs> yeah, we meet her when she's with the Ravagers, um, and she's fully indoctrinated into their uh, into their <clears throat> sect of uh, the galaxy. Um, and uh, you know she has no recollection of being with you know Quill or Star Lord. She only kind of really knows uh, Nebula as her sister. Uh, so they don't really have any of that. So so she just kind of spends this movie being kind of a dick the whole time, which was yep. uh, I think it was a lot of fun uh, for the way that went. And then even then, but you know she obviously ends up doing the right thing. Uh, at the end of the movie, after previously saying that, you know, she's like, I don't care about this raccoon. She's not, it's not a friend of mine. I'm not risking my life for this thing. Uh, and she's only in it for the money. And, you know, it seems like she'll take off at any moment. But, yeah, ultimately does the right thing in the end because she's still Gamora. But I, I really enjoyed them not, yeah, getting uh, her and Quill back together because it just, that, that would have been, I, I just, yeah, it just would have been unconscionably bad. Um, Zoe Saldana also uh, is, is uh, a person who, uh, it, it, much like Dave Bautista, I believe she also said this is probably going to be the last time uh, she plays Gamora as well. Yeah. Um, whether or not that sticks for the pair of them, because, uh, you know, that's <laughs> it's an easy paycheck for them down the line if they ever want to return. But I do not think it is at all uh, coincidence, uh Kev, that the two people uh, that are like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this, are the people that got to sit in the makeup chair for like five oh, or six sure. hours, right? Before oh, they, uh, yeah. yeah, before they got it. I'm sure, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that has a large, large uh, amount to do with being like, yeah, maybe I don't want to play this particular character. Yeah, to that, to that effect, actually, I, I did see a um, series of uh, concept art drawings mm-hmm. this week um, that had different versions of nebula with hair <laughs> and i'm like yeah oh, boy, i bet you really wanted that huh <laughs> well karen gillian posted a photo of herself on on like her instagram and twitter on social or basically on various platforms of social media uh, of her on a zoom call that oh, yeah. was it's like family therapy or something <laughs> yeah she was in couples therapy or family therapy the point is it was some sort of therapy and she's sitting there with like her nebula makeup like half done because yeah. it's in the middle of her yeah, getting ready to shoot scheduled it for that day or something yeah and, and yeah and so she's yeah so she posted a photo which i thought was uh very cool and self-deprecating but like uh you know and, uh, i just yeah that that can't be <laughs> Easier, right? Good lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can go to Dave Batista as Drax, though. Considering, like we said, this is not his. Uh, his arc was uh, was a lot of fun in this. I liked I, I liked the bit at the end when they they were like, you know, your your role is to be a dad or whatever, because they they had the 
the thing where he's the only one who can communicate with those children that were supposed to be like the perfect beings or whatever that uh, right, right, yeah. that the high evolutionary created, and then he was the only one who could get them out of, uh, uh, get them to follow directions and get them out of the uh, the place that be dangerous in the movie before it blow ship, up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the ship, I guess it was. Uh, that was actually really cool. I really liked the design of that where it was like Borg Cube-esque kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I that too. I, I the, because you, you didn't recognize it as a ship immediately, right? And so yeah. this massive pyramid on Counter-Earth that is just mm-hmm. like in the far background of this suburb. Yeah, um, it's and, the compound uh, where the bad guys are. Like, okay, well, we're done with this planet. We're gonna raise it and start over, and it just takes off. And you're like, oh, that was a ship, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Drax again. You know, they they didn't. I was worried in this one that they were gonna overdo the whole Drax shtick in this, but I I thought that, I thought they they used it to uh, in in you know sparingly and to great effect. What were you, what was your take on that? Uh, agreed. Um, uh, you know, was not the standout character to me, obviously, but uh, was funny without overdoing it. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, you basically have a cast of like seven characters, and I know one of them is a mute tree person, but still, like mm-hmm. you know, it, it has to kind of go around, right? Um, did... and and that's what I liked. I think is that like at no point did it feel like anyone was the. Like, I mean, Rocket was the main character of this movie, really. Yes, of he was. He wasn't in the present, and but like all the flashbacks are his. Like this is more a story about him than it is about Peter, who is ostensibly the main character. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this this is Rocket's movie. Before we get to Rocket, what did you make of the character design on Groot in this movie? Did you like Swole Groot? I mean, I prefer Lanky Groot, but mm-hmm. um, I, I like that they had a lot of fun with different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, the joke that uh, Jenny made as we were watching it, because I, I mentioned this before and I'm going to mention it again, um, the thing that we liked the most about Quantumania was um, Modoc, and every time he was on screen, she would be giggling, and everyone would be like, you know, Darren, what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the beginning of the movie, Groot gets beheaded and basically turns into this head with spider legs. <laughs> yeah, that was there. I'm pretty sure that was that was uh, James Gunn's uh, homage to the thing. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I would be I would be stunned if that wasn't the. Uh... I would be stunned if that wasn't on the forefront of everybody's minds when they were animating that, right? Totally. Yeah. And the and the first thing I thought was like, oh, are they just gonna have like are they just gonna like have all the trailers with Swole Groot and he's just gonna be a fucking head for the rest of the movie? Like <laughs> yeah. three minutes in, right? Yeah. And she just leans over to me and she's like, Groot, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you just got mowed out, I guess, basically. Yeah. I I'll be honest, I was not a fan of Swole Groot. I did I did not think it was too I didn't weird. Love it either, he, but what nah, you like didn't have a neck. Oh, it was just kind of weird looking. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't care for it. Uh, what uh, I enjoy about it is that they use the opportunity to do a lot of new sort of um, strategy stuff with Groot that we wouldn't have otherwise considered. Like they set it up pretty hard, but like that one where they they give him all the guns and he's just holding them inside. Um, mm-hmm. There's a shot where he grows really, really huge, cool, yeah. but like basically spreads himself out real thin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and up to the very end when he's like trying to save Peter from the void of space and he like, you know, stretches out the tendrils, but you know, they freeze and break off. 
Mm-hmm. I, I thought that, you know, giving him the opportunity to regenerate o- several times over the course of a single film rather than over the course of like a decade of MCU movies um, gave them uh, a lot of uh, opportunity for, for cool action and cool comedy pieces. So uh, uh, it's as much as you can do with a character like that, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then, you know, the comedy between him, like, saying three words and everyone was like, but Groot, we can't do this because of level. And it was like, oh my God, why did you, how did you hear all of that? <laughs> like that, that as a recurring joke, I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that so, was so, I, I thought it was a pretty good outing considering he is a very one note type of character. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so for moving on to Rocket, this is his movie to the point where they could have just called it, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three: colon, The Rocket Film. Yeah. Um, he ends up saying his full name at the end of the movie, like he actually refers to himself as uh, Rocket Raccoon after he, you know, frees all the other raccoons that were in his cage from before, and he looks and he says, "Oh, hey, I am a raccoon." Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we see young. Uh, Rocket in this one as he flashbacks to the high evolutionary, like, you know, creating him to be a, uh, you know, the, the, this, just the next step in the evolution of some sort of intelligent uh, raccoon man that'll create a weird hybrid animal society uh, that, that will or create in, in the high evolutionary's attempt to create the perfect society. Yeah. Is this uh, yeah. And, you know, it all leads to like him eventually. You know, you know, he, he we we get all the uh, the shot. You know, we get all the flashbacks of him. You know, playing tag and stuff with it with the other uh, animals. Uh, you know, uh, Teefs and Lila and and uh, Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> yeah, do, basically doing the uh, exactly it's their Island of Misfit Toys and Jace thing. Basically, where they're like, we're gonna get out of here and we're gonna be. Uh, you know, once we get out of here, we're all gonna. Basically, it's like it's a classic. Like we've all got one day left till retirement, right? It's like once once we figure that once the high evolutionary figures this out, we're all gonna get out of here and we're all gonna live happily ever after. Yep. You know, and then Rocket's yes, like, wait, live forever. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, you know, Rocket eventually realizes, oh no, this guy's gonna kill us once he has what he wants. So he tries to escape, and then it looks like they're gonna get away. And then the high evolutionary literally just putting bullets in I'm these sorry, animals. With a, with a Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's literally standing there holding like Walter PPK, like he's fucking James Bond or some <laughs> shit, loading man like this guy, which I thought was so weird because like I guess he because at that time he didn't have his like weird gravity powers or whatever that he he ended up yeah. giving himself at uh, after he uh, Rocket, you know, beats the shit out of him later on in the flashback. Um, uh, he's literally standing there, just like just imagining the high evolutionary with all this, like the, the, you know, just I've created endless worlds and yeah, done yeah. all this I am crap, etc. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because that was literally his cool line. Like he literally had the coolest line in the film when someone's when he says something like "There is no god, so I stepped up" or something yeah. like I forget. Uh, yeah, that was easily the coolest like bad guy line of the movie, right? Where he goes like "There was no god, there is no god, so I stepped in." or something he says he's you know just imagine him loading up a mag so he can shoot this little otter person right it's just bang it's just so like 
visceral that it's just, what a shame mr oh, <laughs> yeah it's just so it like i said it was just so visceral that it was like so sad and yet so comical at the same time and in a weird twisted way that i was just like <laughs> sailed in such a puny gun <laughs> right and then yeah and then uh rocket ends up scratching the shit out of his face um so we see Chuck Woody walking around the entire time with his face kind of stretched, much like those uh, villains. If I could make yet another Star Trek reference, which one was that? Uh, oh, Star Trek Insurrection. Insurrection, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not my favorite. Um, not bad, but not my favorite. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just such a, you know, and it, uh, obviously the, the the scene that I think I think a lot of people cried during the. Uh, uh, you know, when Teefs and, and Floor and Lila all get shot. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the scene that got me the most uh, was easily when, you know, he's in the, uh, you know, the, the, I guess, purgatory or whatever in that void of space where it's just all bright lights and it looks like it's like, you know, head towards the light. And then she's like, and right, he goes that, like, uh, can Harry I? Potter scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Harry Potter and Jace, wasn't it, right? And he goes like, can I join you? And she goes, yeah, but not now, <laughs> right? <laughs> but not right now or whatever. And then, yeah, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and then he has to go back and, and, and save the day and, uh, yeah, it was just really good. It's it's absolutely the Rocket movie in, in, in this one, which is just crazy to think about. Can't wait for this one to get on Disney Plus. This this is one when it's on Disney Plus. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it uh, immediately. Whereas the last few I've uh, taken my time with and Eternals, I will never watch a single frame of that piece of crap <laughs> ever again. What a garbage film. What an absolute garbage film. Yep, so so tally up another mark for another MCU movie where no one mentions or, or cares about the fact that there's a half hatched eternal come uh, uh Yeah, and like out of the earth. They like brief what I don't know, they briefly mentioned it in like I think uh There was like a background I, shot of it in um Oh gosh, was it uh, Miss Marvel? Wasn't it? I think it was Miss Marvel. I think pretty sure they like briefly mentioned. Yeah, yeah, that's Marvel, right. That's like a joke. Like, like, why is no one talking about this? And that was it. Yeah, yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah, it's... I mean, we can maybe talk about this briefly. But you know, I did see a trailer for the Marvels at the top of this. <laughs> yeah, that. I yeah, that was unavoidable. I I did see that, so that'll be the only thing I see. But yeah, I mean, it looks like it could be fun i i can't it's tough for me because again i try to avoid this stuff until the movie comes out until yeah. i've watched it and so it's tough to separate the uh i mean early returns are that it seems kind of mid but i don't know if that's true because a the movie's not coming out for another six months yeah. and b you can't separate the uh actual information yeah. about that movie from the incel yeah. You know, the stuff that's just being made up by the incels, yeah, right? So bombing for a movie yeah. that doesn't come out for several months. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's I'm not even gonna bother when it when it hits the uh when it hits the theaters, I will go see it and then I will base my opinions off of having seen it. Yep. Uh but we're not talking about those movies. Although the use of inner Beastie Boys Intergalactic uh <clears throat> for the trailer for that, excellent. Um, speaking of which, for the Beastie Boys. Yeah, speaking of which, this <laughs> movie, bad. I would say the best sequence in it is easily because uh, obviously James Gunn loves his needle drops. Yeah. Uh, no Sleep Till Brooklyn, I think, is unassailably the uh, best needle drop uh, of this film for the uh, the big uh, third act hallway fight scene. Yep. Uh, uh, with everybody, which was 
easily my favorite sequence in the entire film. Uh, uh, that was that was a pretty cool way to shoot an action scene for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that that was just so masterfully done. Looked beautiful. Everybody got to have a cool moment in it. It's just, uh, it's great song. Uh, really good. Best best needle drop in this one for me. Uh, what what was your favorite needle drop? I, in this it, one? It's that one as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't think of a second one off the top of my head right now. I mean, and, and not to say that they aren't also decent, but I mean, this one, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a great sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Palm Clementoff back as Mantis. Mantis is kind of, I felt like she was on the back burner for this one. Her, uh-huh. her, and Gro- her and Groot felt like... I mean, she got some moments. A lot of her... She, you know, she had her, her funny comic moments in the uh, in the middle portions of the movie. I thought she, she got that point. But once the third act kind of started to happen, I didn't think there was much... Uh, uh, she didn't get to do much, unfortunately. Like, she was there and got to fight, but... You know, it, it wasn't great. Her, her, her best stuff comes in the second act when they're doing the heist, right? I would say that. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's when she got to cook. Um, yeah, and any time it's just riffing with Drax is usually yeah. fun too. So, so I mean, this is me um, saying that, like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy one, I have seen a good handful of times up to this point, um, and she wasn't in that one, right? Um, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy two, which I saw the one time and have not revisited yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, being in like, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and stuff like that, like you're one character who gets like three lines across, you know, a cast of like 60, you know, superheroes and, and villains and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I don't feel like I've had good exposure to that character, um, as portrayed by uh, Pom Clementioff, or however you spell it, say mm-hmm. that. Um, but um, what I enjoyed um, is I eventually got around to seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Yeah, she that was really good. The of that, and she was very good in that. And so yes. I was very much looking forward to seeing, um, and, and I was happy to see like basically a return to that sort of uh, comedy duo do- dynamic in, in this, uh, you know, major motion picture uh, outing as well. So... Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree that she was on the back burner. I thought that she was pretty fun. I just think that, you know, there's a lot of balancing that has to be done when you've got, like, a main cast of seven characters. So, you know, no one is stealing every scene, but everyone's getting a chance to shine. Um, and, and I really, I, I liked it when, you know, she was basically being attacked by, like, Cthulhu monsters. And I was like, yep, that's, yeah. that's, that's now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because it was those things that they fight at the beginning of Guardians Two, I think, on the uh, yeah, yeah, the things that are like eating the batteries or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's... Um, <clears throat> um, you you reminded me of something good there when you brought up the Kevin uh, the Kevin Bacon uh, Christmas special, <laughs> which phenomenal, by the way. Like of no, the me. of the of the made for Disney things, I think that and the uh, Werewolf uh, by Night. Are the uh, are the two best they've done, and I finally got around to watching Werewolf by Night a few so months ago. So fucking good, good. Oh my god. Oh god, Elsa Bloodstone, man, so good. I, I, I the horror. Man, let's we gotta start like get. They're, they're they're slowly working their way. Unfortunately, we got this writer strike going on, so hopefully the writers can uh, get paid by their uh, uh, rich billionaire overlords that are refusing to give them the extra two percent to pay their bills. Um, 
hopefully we can get this thing settled up quickly and you know the writers can get their 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 nut from <laughs> that they their their well deserved nut from this and then uh you know we can start moving because we we got to get into the horror stuff with uh <laughs> with the MCU we get, like Elsa Bloodstone Blade and and the Black Knight all in one scene come on that'll be great yeah. stuff <laughs> um yeah i just really want to get to blade <laughs> i really want to get to blade uh but uh, you know it is what it is but one of the biggest things that came out of this or biggest topics of conversation that uh came out of this uh again when this was was hot out the shoot a few weeks ago uh, was a lot of people had this dethroning uh, Captain America as the uh, best uh, quote unquote trilogy, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm using massive air quotes for yeah. trilogy in this because it's it's not a fucking trilogy. <laughs> like it's no. it's not. I realize this is called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and there are three of these, but you cannot watch these films if you want to stack them up as. You know, if you want to stack them up as I prefer the Guardians trilogy, quote unquote, to the Captain America trilogy, uh, to the uh, Thor trilogy, even though I think Thor t- uh, has four now, but like to, yep. to the to the Thor tr- uh, like quadrilogy or whatever. If you want to compare like the three Guardians to the other three Captain Americas, to the other four Thors, to the other three Spider Man, that's fine. I just I'm not here for the topic of oh the Captain America trilogy is better than uh, you know Nolan's Batman trilogy and I'm like well no it's not first off and second off who cares they're both awesome third off Captain America is not a fucking trilogy because you can't watch those three on a whole <laughs> just individually and understand everything that's going on and you really can't do it. In the in in the context of the Guardians of the Galaxy, you can watch one and two, and those look like sequels that are standalone and have nothing to do with anything else. Yep. But you put this third one on, what you're like? Why is Gamora not remember anybody? <laughs> right? Like why why does Gamora not you know with the team? Why does she not do anything? Or you know why why is uh, you, you, you know why doesn't she remember Quill? Why aren't they together anymore? What the hell is going on? Right. Why? Okay, what? Uh, uh, you know, uh, Mantis is Quill's half brother. When did that happen? You know. Oh wait, I gotta watch a, you know, a, a hour long Christmas special in order to understand that. You know, it's like these calling these things trilogies or whatever is 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 a is a gross miscalculation. I think it's it's it's. I, yeah, I, I, I try not to let inter- internet things bother me, but this is one of those things where I'm just like, come on, guys, now we well, can't... And you can you know, do that for Guardians of the Galaxy because, like, yeah. it's what I'll say about, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and, like, the Black Panther series, which is they kind yeah. of inhabit their own little corner of the MCU without a ton mm-hmm. of extra crossover for the most part. But, like, Captain America, you absolutely cannot make the claim that Civil War is a part of a trilogy. Absolutely not. No, of course, because you'd be like, who are all these people? You'd be like, who are, you'd be like Seinfeld, who are these people? Yeah, who are these people? It's just, yeah, it, it just, because I mean, the first two Captain Americas also stand alone as, as their own, right? Sort of. Like, I mean, Captain America 2 gives you a lot of, you have to understand who S.H.I.E.L.D. is. That's a huge part of that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. 
Uh, like you didn't really get a big shield presence until the no. Avengers, and you know, I mean, yeah, and, yeah, good point. point, very good, yeah, very good Black point, Widow's very good, it, point. you know. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be like, who's Black Widow? Because she shows up in Iron Man 2 for the first time, right? You'd be like, who is Scarlett Johansson? Why is she here now? Why are they so yeah. funny, buddy? Like the so first yeah, I guess American you're right. movie, except for the last, like, four minutes, it takes place in yeah. the 40s. So if you're jumping straight to the second one, even, it's like, okay, well, I know he got frozen and woke up, but I have no idea what any of this other stuff is now. <laughs> yeah, so of the, of the, the ones, what is the most trilogy-like? Is it Iron Man? I think it's probably Man. Well, no, because Iron Man three, you, well, Iron Man three, first off, is such a garbage film. But you also like you have to have seen the Avengers because Iron Man three's whole PTSD as to why he's not even Iron Man in the yeah, third well, one is yeah. he's regular man in that movie. Sure, I'm not uh, saying that any of these trilogies hold together as trilogies, but that one might be the cleanest just because is it before yeah. the other wild shit got brought in, right? Is it what well, is it Thor actually? If you take out the fourth one. Which I kind of want to do because Love and Thunder is like really bad. Like honestly, I think I think I think Love and Thunder might be the second worst movie in the MCU. It really might. I got Eternals is the worst, but oh no, it it would be at least third, um, just because of Black Widow. <laughs> oh, Black Widow is bad too. At least at least third. <laughs> Black Widow, I think I could sit through though. I think I could sit through Black Widow. Love and Thunder, I that is oh. That is Honestly, basically for me, for me and this and and I I totally would not die on this hill. No, but for me, I think I still prefer Love and Thunder because it's funny to Dark World. <laughs> ah, I don't know, man. Dark World at least had some like I don't I don't want to be on the spot to defend Thor the Dark World here, but Thor the Dark well, World. Well, that's what I mean. I'm at least not had some fucking I structure to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, at least yeah, had like, some fucking structure. I don't uh, want to ever have an argument where I'm arguing about which movie I hate more. Let's put is it, it <laughs> is it Thor though? Let's 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 just think about this real quick. So you know, Thor one goes into Thor two with not much nonsense. I mean, there's like a Captain America joke in Thor: The Dark World that you wouldn't yeah. get other uh, like, but like that's it. And then if you go into the third one, it all kind of stays there, right? Like, other than the Doctor Strange sequence, because you'd be like... I was going to say, the beginning yeah. of the throw would really throw you, I think. <laughs> There's a lot Yeah, basically, you'd be like, who the fuck is this wizard guy that's messing with the, you know, the Asgardian guys? Other than that, Ragnarok is... Ah, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't work, because he wouldn't know the Hulk either, right? Yeah, because... Sure. So, yeah, so that doesn't really work either. The point is, none of these, <laughs> none of these things can be considered true Fair trilogies. Enough, like I said, if you, if you wanted... If you wanted compare them to the other trilogies within the MCU and and argue which one is your favorite amongst those ones, that's fine with me. You cannot take Captain America's three flicks, call it a trilogy, and then and then put it up against uh, put it up against like the Nolan trilogies or or you know the Indiana Jones trilogy or 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 whatever what you know insert thing here and be like this trilogy is better than that. And I'm like, well, it's not a trilogy if you have to watch. 17 other fucking movies to know what's going on yeah, <laughs> right like yeah for context and it's like it's it's i'm sorry it, 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 i just i won't allow it <laughs> um uh sean gunn's back is craglet in this one he's used mostly as like uh comic relief with uh cosmo <laughs> the russian space doc sure. uh i thought they used that i thought they used that to uh 
sparingly and to great effect throughout the movie. I thought yeah, that was I, that, that was a bit that really. I think they would have worn that joke out, but that bit. Were, I, I will say that bit. That bit worked for me. That, that bit really did. Me too. Um, yeah. I also uh, appreciated the uh, Michael Rooker cameo at the very end there. Yes. Yeah. He got to show up and inspire. Uh, he got to show up as Yondu and inspire Craglin to actually get the. Uh, uh, get the arrow working properly when uh, nowhere was was getting uh, getting run over. Yeah, um, I've done this thing in the MCU a couple times before, where like someone is like dazed or they're concentrating, and it kind of goes into like slow mo, and there's like something usually like chaotic happening in the background. Yeah, uh, they did that with Craiglin at the end too, where he was like concentrating on the arrow, and like meanwhile, like there's explosions and guys like flying behind him and stuff. Like that. Yeah, so uh, uh, I always appreciate that shot. <laughs> yeah, those that is always a good shot. Uh, Will Poulter, I mean, he was fine in the movie, basically as Adam Warlock. It, 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 it we, you know, we mentioned it earlier. It was probably the weakest part of the film, and they, they didn't yeah, really. I, uh... again, I have no problem with the performance, right? Like, yeah. He did what he was told to do, as far as yeah. it can be concerned. I, I thought that, you know, when he was delivering some, you know, I'm a real himbo type uh, energy. <laughs> yeah, it was himbo energy <laughs> you know, for sure, like, wasn't it? Like, you know, not knowing basic stuff because he's like six months old or whatever the hell. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, it, I, I worked for me, but um, like, like I said, um, this movie felt a little long to me, and I feel like they could have just lifted him right out after that, like, opening scene, right? Have him be a totally serious character who attacks them and then disappears and we never it's like what the fuck was that about and then maybe yeah. do like a post credit scene where it's like oh he's still around and here's what he's doing now and you know Adam Warlock will return yeah uh, his yeah, best bit the best bit they used with him is when he easily when he melted that one dude right yeah. they're like they're like intimidate him and he just melts his face off right they're like you idiot yeah, I can't give us I, any you should just flabbergast it at every moment of the last two movies <laughs> Yeah, I did uh, enjoy that. I'll, I'll say that 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 she is a character who, like, I, again, I don't know the character, so the vibe that I get just from her appearance and the way she talks at the beginning of Guardians Two is like, this is a character who is very ordered and needs things to be happening a certain way, and because the Guardians are involved, it never does. And she just seems like she's constantly at the end of her like at the end of her rope, like she's totally frustrated at all moments. And uh, that yeah. never works for me <laughs> as a character that we know very little else about. We just know that she's over it. <laughs> yeah, I, Aisha is a character in the comic book. She had a different name, and she is the one who like creates Adam Warlock and whatnot. And yeah. uh, uh, God, I can't remember what her name was. I want to say it was like, uh, God. She had a bunch of different names. I want to say it was like Paragon or something like that. Don't quote me on that, though. Um, well, she's Princess Diana now in the crown. <laughs> Is she now? Yeah, good for her. Good for her, the people's princess. Uh, Daniela Melchior, who was the rat catcher, too, in uh, uh, James Gunn's Suicide uh, Squad, was in this as that, uh, I, I don't know if they gave her a name, but she was the, the one with the red face in the uh, with the red makeup on. Oh, the uh, uh, Peter was flirting with. Yeah, the one he was trying to flirt with in the uh, issue, the, the Ogo Corp uh, member. <laughs> she was... Uh, yeah, she was in that. Um, I mean, we, we didn't, we, we, we bigged him up earlier, but I, I, I want to go back and properly give, uh, Chuck Woody his, uh, his flowers for playing, yeah, absolutely. uh, the high evolutionary as, as Marvel's yeah, basically so... Island of Dr. Moreau character in space, right? Yeah, like... we're, we're getting good villains now and, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's 
I mean, that's why we're seeing these movies for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it works for me for sure. Yeah, he was he was so good, and uh, you know, uh, well, I guess we'll see if he comes back or not as as the high evolutionary because uh, you know they did the ambiguous explosion. You know, there's uh, there's always ways around that. The old sure. it, it not only it, there's ways around that in the movie universe, let alone the comic book universe. For God's sake, right? It's just the old yeah. the old ambiguous explosion, <laughs> eh? <laughs> He'll be back, <laughs> especially with people clamoring for him to replace Jonathan Majors now. Um, sure. Anything else you want to say about this? Uh, uh, gosh, I don't think so. Why am yeah. I not remembering what the first post-credit scene was? Oh, great question. Uh, oh, it was it was uh, all of them. Uh, the, the it was them. Uh, the new guardians, right, with Rocket and Groot and and Craglin oh, yes, and yes. Adam Warlock was with them. And, and one they, of those children. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of the children uh, uh, waiting for, uh, what do you call them, uh, to come, uh, oh. just waiting for, like, these raptor-looking things to charge for them. All right, the... so I do have something to say about this scene. <laughs> because, yeah. Because the movie went to credits, and, you know, I'm talking with uh, my wife, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, waiting for the first post credit scene to come up, and I'm like, yeah, I heard that, like, um, you know, because of the sort of uh, message about animal cruelty and, and animal testing and stuff like that. Like, this has been... Mm-hmm. Like, PETA apparently has said something like this is, like, the best animal PETA rights... PETA Yeah. The best animal just, rights movie to come out in decades. <laughs> it it might have been PETA's first ever W. I think yeah. I was... I was I think I made that claim on Twitter when PETA... PETA basically, like, used their, their actual... Their, you know, their, their verified Twitter account... Uh, you know they're paying Elon Musk their five bucks a month, yeah. uh, like he needs it. Uh, <clears throat> fucking moron. Uh, to uh, they, they basically came out and said Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is the best like animal rights film that's ever been made or something like that. And I was like, oh, wow, like a long time. I, I, I was gonna and I was originally gonna say a rare Peta L or, or sorry, rare Peta W because Peta <laughs> Ls are are plentiful. Uh, I was like, wow. I, I was originally gonna type rare, you know. Peta W, and then I was like, "Wait, is this the only Peta W that I can think of?" And I'm pretty sure it is because they are a horrible, horrible company. <laughs> and, yeah. and but the thought oh. that I had is, I was like explaining that. Then we went to this post-credit scene, and it was like, "Okay, well, these settlers are here, and we have to murder all these animals." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. okay, just walk all that back, huh?" So yeah. is that Rocket's not like a vegetarian now? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's pretty funny for sure. Yeah. It was definitely not the uh yeah it was definitely not the lisa simpson <laughs> episode where she's like yeah. oh i'm not gonna get any meat from now on yeah that that was it and then uh yeah quill uh, yeah and then the, the the other one was basically just it, it wasn't even really the end credit sequence it was basically just the big block letter saying that uh chris pratt will be back as uh as yeah yeah quill. and it's grandpa reading the newspaper that's like kevin <laughs> And abducted by aliens. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah, that was that was great, for sure. Uh, so, what would you give this movie on a uh, on a scale of one to ten? Um, I'm I'm leaning more to the the high eight range. Um, okay. I, I really did enjoy it. I think it's probably I, yeah. time will tell, but I think it's probably my favorite of the Guardians movies at current. What it could stand to do is a little bit of trimming. Um, like I said, I think that the um, Adam Warlock stuff feels like an afterthought to me, and I, yeah. I 
and as a result, I think it was a little too long. But I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed basically the rest of it. So I think I go. I think I go one, three, two in 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 my order of, of Guardians flicks. I think I go yep. one, three, two. I would say that I I think that three. If, if you're arguing three is better than one, because I think that's the argument as to whether or not three is better than one, because two is uh, two is just the very definition of mid. Um, I yeah. think if you're gonna if you're gonna argue three over one, you would argue. I think your biggest argument is that three has a much much better bad guy. Uh, yeah, than yeah, that's one. A big, that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's a big thing. I get that, but I think there, I I think we're forgetting because Guardians One came out almost a decade ago. Let's not yep. forget that. How much of a shocker it was that that movie was as good as it was oh, sure. in the moment. I'm not going and... to stand here and say that I don't think that was a major influence on mm-hmm. the rest of this entire uh, industry. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that that one being so. I, I think that that one just coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. especially because that was like the middle of Phase Two, right? Like yep. it was the middle of Phase Two. Iron Man Three came out. Like like basically, you know. We finished the Avengers, and it was like, wow, the Avengers was super awesome, and then where we go from here? And we enter Phase 2, and it's like, Iron Man 3, okay, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Thor The Dark World, wow, you managed to somehow make a movie that was even worse than Iron Man 3. (laughs) So it was like, you know, we started getting getting a little, you know, I started getting a little nervous that maybe we peaked at Avengers, right? And then Winter Soldier came out. Yeah, Winter and, Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy came out in the same year in twenty. Yeah, and and, and Winter Soldier came. <laughs> yeah, Winter Soldier came out within like several months of each other. Winter Soldier came out, and we were all like, "Okay, okay, we can do this." And then I think Guardians of the Galaxy cemented that they knew what they were doing, and this is going to be something that's going to go on for for a long, long time, right? So, yep. I, I, you know, I. I I just and Guardians One is so much fun from beginning oh, yeah. to end. Like there's there's not a there's not a there's not a wasted second in that movie. And like I said, it's just it, it. The only bad thing you have about that movie is that it's kind of a weak bad guy. But even then, the way they beat him is still hilarious with like the dance off and then and, going, and we're the you have we're the Guardians, that. bitch, right? <laughs> yeah. You have to yeah. get the uh, cancer death price of admission to get into it too. too. <laughs> Yeah, true, that right? Yeah, right like, off. Oh boy, yeah. this was supposed to be a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, right off the hop. Yeah, that was that was something. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I go one, three, two yeah, as my enough. official I, I order. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm think I'm gonna stay there, but uh, and really enjoyed it. Like, I, I think time will tell on this one. Like the recency bias for me, really in mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, it's up there. Um, on a similar note, as a quick aside, um, I am delighted to say that uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie holds up. <laughs> oh yeah, did you see it? You saw it again? Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. People need to go see that. I, I, I we needed to have a good uh, following on on. Uh, what did you watch it on? Did you rent it or? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, if asked, you may to you, we sail the seven seas yeah. again. Uh, gonna have to like do that a lot during demand, football season. That means I will find it. Yeah. Um, it's out on, yeah, fuck man, football season this year is gonna be so, the NFL is out of its fucking gourd with, uh, the amount of streaming services you're gonna have to have in order to watch every game. It's, it's, yeah. oh boy, like, fucking, uh, NBC uh, which uh, has uh, their streaming service is called Peacock, right? Peacock. 
And uh, they put up, I think, $200 million, Kev, so nearly a quarter billion dollars Jesus. For, one, for one playoff game. Basically the first wild card weekend play. So the shittiest playoff game <laughs> that, the, uh, that the NFL puts out every year, which is like the first Saturday afternoon uh, playoff game. Uh, is going to be exclusively on Peacock. So I'm like, is that even going to be available in Canada? And it's like, oh, man, it's, it's it, we're it's no wonder the writers are fucking striking, right? With all the you got people paying two, you know, two hundred million for one fucking NFL game, and they can't get like two percent, right? Like, fuck yeah. off. Two uh, percent is a collective, no less. Not just not individual people, like as a collective. Oh, uh, wow. so <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, because like, like is that like? Th- they can't get two percent of that two hundred million they spent on fucking uh, fucking one playoff game that's going to be between like the the fucking Jaguars and the Lions probably. Fuck. Uh, well, that wouldn't make sense, Jaguars and Lions. Uh, but uh, you get my point. Um, yeah, I know. I I came out hot, and I think I said uh, I said nine out of ten for this Guardians. I think I'm going to bump myself <laughs> down slightly to like an eight five on that one, but still. It's, Strong. Oh, you're fucking... excited. I get it. <laughs> I was a little excited. It, it, it was a str- it was a, a strong fucking uh, strong one for me. Uh, so the next one we get, we mentioned it's the Marvels. Um, after that, it might be a little bit before we, uh, you know, we might be waiting a little bit longer than usual after the Marvels come out for some MCU content. Uh, you know, because of said writer strike. Because after that, it's supposed to be. Uh, Captain America New World Order, which I know that they're filming. Um, so maybe that one will still go off without a hitch because maybe, maybe they've got that one already written. But after that, we're in pre-production on everything else, right? Like, And they've already said that uh, Blade and Deadpool 3 are uh, in hiatus right now because they haven't even finished uh, writing those movies and whatnot. Um, I'm sure they filmed a, a decent chunk of Deadpool 3, but there's no way it's, it's getting out. Uh, we've got a, a couple other things coming down as far as like Disney Plus, though, right? Like we've got, I think, Secret Invasion next month. Yeah, Secret Invasion comes out next month. Loki two, Loki season two. I'm pretty sure they got in, in the can, and we'll get that later. So yeah. you know, we're not going to be starving. Right. But it's just think, and then Mar- and then the Marvels in November, and um, I, I think yeah. there's still one more show coming in the late fall winter. Um, is it Daredevil yeah. or is it Echo? Daredevil or Echo, maybe, or maybe What If Two. I know What If Season Two was somewhere uh, in there I too. It up here, so it's it's Echo in November 29th. Um, okay. And uh, Daredevil and uh, What If are not on this list for this year. All right, so uh, we yeah, so we're not we're, we're basically we're fine for the rest of 2023. 2024 is when it might start and uh, start to get a little dicey. So hopefully they they uh, pry open their friggin' wallets. <laughs> uh, for, for the writers, I'm just so pissed off about that. Yeah. System is broken. I hate it all. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, there will be a quick turnaround for us on this side, Kev, because, uh, man, uh, Spider-Verse comes out two days after oh, yeah, we finish geez. recording this. Spider-Man's out, like, yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse is out this week, and then it's only a, a quick couple of weeks before uh, the... Uh, the, the Flash movie comes out, and it is so strange for the DCEU, which is dead. This yeah. is the last property that they will be putting out. And this movie has still... This has got... It's got juice. 
Kevin coming into this one. Like it's got major. It seems like juice. It. I saw the trailer for this too. It's nice to see another super person on film. I mean, yeah, like it's it's yeah. This movie's got some major juice, especially coming off insane. of like Shazam. I don't know if I did. You end up seeing Fury of the Gods because I haven't no, seen. No, I, I, I haven't seen the first Shazam. <laughs> well, first Shazam, I I enjoyed very much. Saw that in theaters. Yeah, I, there first were a few sh- movies that came out that were sort of on my. They're not MCU, but they're back burner and um, yeah, and like, I, like the first. Spider-Verse came, movie came out the same time as the first Shazam. Like, they were both out within a month of each other. And yeah. I was super busy, and I never got around to seeing them for the longest time, and I've only gone back to Spider-Verse. Yeah, Spider-Verse um, is so fucking good. I think good. Shazam is on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. And the first... It, it, I enjoyed it very much. I haven't seen Fury of the Gods, but Fury of the Gods is apparently like just a uh, giant yeah. pile of crap. Yeah. yeah just a giant pile of crap black adam i never saw earlier because it's also apparently an even bigger pile yeah it, it's an even bigger pile of crap um but yeah this flash movie's weirdly got some juice yeah, and i'm gonna I, go I see it because actually get out and see that one it's been a i mean it's been a yeah. minute since i've seen anything in the dcu but um no no reason to but i'll be able to convince gun... jenny if i tell her michael keaton batman's like, exactly that's the thing and i know <laughs> ezra miller's a piece i know ezra miller's a piece of shit yep. but here's the thing if you go and if if you're conflicted about going to see it like you coughing up 15 bucks is not going to be the decider on what happens with Ezra Miller going forward. That's just the reality of the situation. Unfortunately, this guy's a piece of shit. Hopefully people stop casting him. Uh, He's not going to get to be the flash again. More Harry Potter movies and money. No, they're not. (laughs) Yeah. And that's for a whole other reason. Well, they're, they're pivoting Harry Potter to friggin' television now. Um, much like with Lord of the Rings. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. Um, I assume for very similar reasons. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you cop like Ezra Miller's already got paid for this fucking movie. So you coughing up your 15 bucks to go see, uh, Michael Keaton be awesome is not going to like be, it's, it's, it's in no way, in my opinion, anyway, it's in no way supporting Ezra Miller or his behavior. It just it, it is what it is. I just I I want to go see Michael Keaton be awesome as Batman, and I'm not denying myself that in, in, in because Ezra Miller's a piece of shit. I'm just not no going to be doing that. No, so unfortunately, that's what it's going to be. And I'll come on and I'll review this podcast and I'll repeat ad nauseum when we uh, review the Flash movie about what a piece of shit Ezra Miller is. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, all right, uh, so that is it uh, with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Volume 3 podcast uh, comes highly recommended by uh, the Crossover Podcast. Uh, crossover Podcast is well with the CrossoverPodcast.com, Facebook.com slash Crossover Podcast. Actually, no, not on Facebook anymore. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're at uh, the CrossoverPodcast.com. Uh, iTunes, please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher that you happen to uh, have available. Please re- leave us a review on any of those. And if you have a podcatcher that we're not on, uh, let us know, and we'll uh, get us on there. Uh, please leave us a review. It helps uh, go a long way to boosting our numbers and whatnot. Uh, it go. We also uh, email is uh, the crossover podcast at. Uh, oh God, what's the <laughs> it's contact at the crossover contact at the crossover podcast.com thank you um i've never had to email my own <laughs> address uh 
I've never had to call my own company. Somebody will tell you upstairs. Uh, <laughs> contact at thecrossoverbroadcast.com to email uh, us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Uh, like I said, we'll be back uh, with plenty of comic book stuff coming up. we got Spider-Verse. we got Flash. Uh, I'll likely be back with pop culture stuff with Mac and and uh, and, and others because uh, Money in the Bank, Wrestling and SummerSlam are coming up wrestling-wise soon, so I'll likely have uh, Mac on to discuss the wrestling if you're into the wrestling uh there'll be other stuff um craig and i will likely come on for sports stuff because um uh stanley cup finals is happening this week is starting this weekend we'll likely come on and talk about the aftermath of that don't really need to do a preview because quite frankly i'm not interested in vegas and florida uh i'll watch it but i don't have much insight other than i hope florida wins because i don't like vegas so uh yeah that's pretty much it so uh kevin thanks for doing this Take care, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast.